You are listening to the Her Money Matters podcast, episode 17. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome. This is Jen. I am so happy to have you here listening in. It really is crazy to me that we're only three episodes away to epi- from episode number 20. Today's episode is episode 17. So I am really grateful and I can't stress it enough to have you listening to me. Maybe it sounds passe or a little cheesy, but really, I really and truly mean it. Your emails, your comments on the blog, on social media and so forth had just been so awesome, so supportive. And I truly appreciate that. Today's guest is another great guest. And that's another thing. I've got such really amazing women that I've gotten to talk to. So another point why I'm so grateful. This is just so exciting for me. But this guest today, I am sure she will give you a kick on in the butt. This lady I, I, I'm at a lack of words of how amazing she is. Uh, she's a young lady, has a really phenomenal story. So I'm sure you will uh, enjoy listening to it. But before we do that, I want to go ahead and give a shout out from a review that we got. It's a five-star review that we got on iTunes and it's, t- and it's titled Great Show. It's from Jen Hatsung, and I've already told you I'm not the best with pronunciations. So Jen, if I mispronounced your name, I truly apologize. But she writes, Jen does such a great job of talking about money in a way that is relatable and doesn't feel like a lecture. So glad she decided to start this podcast and have women talking about money. Great job, Jen. Well, Jen, thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate this. And I want to take this moment uh, to just remind you the importance of reviews on iTunes. It's the iTunes currency. Know that I'm happy with just receiving the messages uh, directly from you. But in order for us to reach more women, I need your help uh, to do that. So if you haven't reviewed, I know it is a pain in the butt. I'm not going to lie. It is not, they don't make it easy to write a review, but there is, if you go to today's show notes or actually any other show notes for this podcast, on the very bottom, you will find directions and there's actually a video that will sh- I show you. You'll see me recording. Uh, it's a recording of me taking you through how to post a review on iTunes. So if you could do that, I would greatly appreciate that. So let's go ahead and I'm going to tell you about today's guest. Today's guest is named Whitney Hansen, and she is a personal finance coach for millennials. She helps people who desperately want to pay off debt and secretly yearn for financial independence. She gives them the tools to have more fun with money while sprinkling a little silliness. And you know, I love that, right? <laughs> Some of her accomplishments are paying off $30,000 of debt in 10 months, buying her first home in 19, 19, that is so amazing, and paying $472 for her master's degree. 
You've yes, you heard that right. $472 for a master's degree. So you, I can't wait for you to hear how she did that. So let's go ahead and not delay anymore and on to the conversation with Whitney. Welcome, Whitney Hansen, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. Well, Whitney, I have to tell you, just uh, reading a little bit about you, I know we are really going to connect here because I notice you <laughs> like to be silly and you're all about making things fun with money. So I love, love that about you. So I'm excited to really have you here. Thank you. Now, are you ready to dive into these questions? Yeah, let's do this. Awesome. So I want to know more about you. I mean, I know you're a professional, uh, you're a millennial, which I am not, <laughs> but let, tell me a little bit more on the personal side, how you grew up around money. Yeah. So the short story of my, my money journey, it really started, I grew up in a really small farming city, um, Burley in Idaho, if you guys are familiar with that. I think it was about a population of 10,000. Wow. And on the, yeah, tiny, tiny. And so I, I noticed from a very, very early age that my parents weren't really great with money. They made a decent living. They did okay, but they weren't so great at managing money. And so it got to the point where my dad was self-employed and he continually was trying to grow his business so much to the point that he, he chose some really bad habits on how to sustain that. And so their marriage, my parents' marriage started to unravel. And I watched my, my mom become a single mom with six kids. There's six of us. Six kids. Nuts. Wow. Yeah, it's craziness. And so she became a single mom and she moved to Boise. And I, I know for a period of time, we slept on the floor of this tiny little apartment. And one day my mom and I were walking and we found a mattress in the garbage can. Mm -hmm. So I know that sounds disgusting, but we were thrilled. <laughs> we were stoked about that. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was 16 years old. That was a very pivotal moment in my life. It taught me two different things. The mm -hmm. first thing it taught me was that I would never be stuck in a situation because of money. Like okay. I would never have that type of life because of something that's totally in my control. And then it really taught me the true difference between a want and a need, which turned out to be very valuable throughout my life. Right, right. So that's where it really all started. And from there, I just learned from a very early age that I had to figure this money stuff out on my own. Right. And you were 16. 16, yeah. Okay, wow. Now, tell me, so you, your mom was a single mom with six kids. Did, yeah. um, did she have any money conversations uh, with you? as she was raising you or, I mean, she was busy. So she was busy. Yeah. You know, she, she did the best that she could, I think for being a single mom and right. she had to work a couple different jobs. She did not have an education. Okay. So she definitely really tried to teach me some things, but it turned out that a lot of it was more, uh, her limiting beliefs, I guess. Okay. And so it was, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, all, all the, the classic this, yeah. limiting beliefs. Totally. And so <laughs> It, it, she did teach me a lot about saving, though. She was a great saver. Okay. And so that I learned, yeah, also very early to just continually save money, even if it's only $5, keep saving. Right. Well, that is a good skill and a good habit to have, for sure. It really is, yeah. That's awesome. Now, tell me more about your accomplishments, because I really, really want to know a little uh, more about 
uh, paying off your $30,000 debt in 10 months. Tell me about how you did that. Yeah. So ironically, I think growing up in a weird situation, a dysfunctional family like that, you tend to become an overachiever in some areas. And the financial areas, that's kind of my thing. That's what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. So after graduating from college, yeah, I had close to $30,000 in debt. And I remember seeing that thinking, holy crap, that's a lot of money. What am I going to (laughs) do? Right. And so I worked, I got a job as a staff accountant. My undergrad was in accounting. Okay. And I worked at a salon all through undergrad to put me through school. And so I continued working the two different jobs and I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. Sometimes I didn't have a day off for about three months at one point, but that hustle really allowed me to pay off the entire 30,000 in 10 months. And so for me, that was worth it. I'm kind of one of those really go as quickly and as fast as you can before you lose momentum. That's definitely my life. So it worked out really well for me. That's wonderful. I mean, yes, 60 to 80 hours for mm-hmm. you said how long did you do yeah, that without taking months. days off? Well, three months before I had a day off, but oh most of the time it was six days a week. Yeah, I do that one week and I'm ready for a day off. I'm oh, sure. right, it's brutal. It is brutal. It is brutal working two jobs and being young, you know, the age because you were how old when you did this? And you said college age, right? Once you went 22. Right, right, right. So that's good on you. That is awesome. And how about because I also noticed you also bought your first home at 19. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. I did. So in hindsight, I don't think that's something I'd recommend for most people in their early 20s or even Mm -hmm. late 20s for the most part. But yeah, for me, it was that classic. I was great at saving. So Mm -hmm. continued saving, had enough for a down payment. 2008, the market crashed and Mm -hmm. I got in at a very, very good time. So for me, it turned out to be a a pretty good investment, but yeah, would not recommend that for most 20 year olds though. (laughs) Yeah. It all depends on, because at that point you don't know which, where you're going to be, if you're going to be moving, uh, that type of thing. So I understand why you're saying that, um, completely, but that's awesome. I know when I graduated undergrad, uh, that's when I started thinking, uh, saving and started thinking, I want to purchase a uh, a home. And then I met my husband, we moved and uh, we didn't purchase a home till later. <laughs> yeah, but I remember those days. And how about you got your master's degree and paid $472? I really yeah. need to know this. <laughs> so there's the a little secret. Yeah. So after I paid off my 30,000 for undergrad, I kind of did this like spit shake with myself and said, I will never take out debt again for anything. Right. And so that was my moment. But I wanted to go back for my my master's in business. And I didn't quite know how to finance it. So one of the options that I found out about was if you work for a university and you work in in a full-time or sometimes even part-time position as a non-temporary employee, Okay. Most universities will give you a discount on tuition, so you can pay five dollars per credit. And so that wow. was my that was my aha moment, and so that allowed me to do that. So a non temporary employee. So that's yep. something. Obviously, maybe not all universities do that, uh, but to definitely look into. Yeah, yeah. I think most public universities would do this. Private, okay. I'm not quite so sure about, but most public do offer that. That is um, an amazing tip right there. I love that. I absolutely love that. I did not know that. And tell me about what is the best money advice you've received? 
the best money advice I ever received was actually from one of my clients when I was working at the salon. Okay. She, she taught me a very, very valuable lesson. She told me from a very early age, I met her when I was about 18, to always live below my means. Mm-hmm. And for me at 18 years old, you know, that sounds great, but what I didn't quite realize how important that advice was until pretty recently. And it really had a big impact on me of don't try to compete with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Don't try to get the car that you can't really afford. Don't buy the home that's going to make you financially struggle. Right. Just live below your means. And that has always just, it's really resonated with me and it's really made a big impact on how I live my life. Right. That's awesome because I know we are definitely, my husband and I have been guilty of, for example, he receives a raise and we upgrade our living. So mm-hmm. therefore we're not using that extra money you know, that we were living on comfortably, right. we just upgrade the living and uh, we've, we've been guilty of that. And we've, we've stopped that because we were missing out on a lot of stuff of what we can do with that <laughs> money. Right. It's so true. So uh, a lot of people tend to, before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal. I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you to do that. And I'm like, no, if you're living comfortably already with what you were making, Mm -hmm. then you put the other extra money to work for you for whatever you were reaching for, whether it's the debt, uh, paying the debt, whether it's saving for vacations, whatever the case may be, do Mm -hmm. something um, for instead of upgrading your, uh, whether your home or whatever the case may be, uh, definitely do that. So I think that is a, um, some great advice that you got early on. And I love that you're living it. So yeah, it's it's definitely I mean, it's frustrating at times. I I drive a 2001 Toyota Celica. I've had it for eight years. But it it works. It gets you to and from, right? Yeah, you're exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's still pretty cute, too. It's kind of zippy. (laughs) But (laughs) it does the job. That that's how that's what it's all about. And I know <laughs> for us um, personally, like we just live, we've been able to make it work where we just live on my husband's income. So whatever I, oh, I make is just gravy. And we, but we are not relying on, relying on my income to pay bills or do anything else. It's all based on my husband's income. And if you can, granted, not everybody can do this, especially if you didn't start off this way. We mm-hmm. didn't start off this way. We were a two-income family as far, you know, as, far as the, the nine-tish job. I quit my job. We had kids, all that good stuff. But we've been able to build that where we live just off his income. And whatever, and what I make is just uh, icing on the cake. That's so incredible. I wish more people would do that. That is so incredible. So yeah, because it, it helps. Uh, you know, once you know, you think you're missing out on things, but you really, you're really not. Somehow we make it work. We still do fun stuff. We're still, you know, we're happy. We're living life. What I think life to the fullest. So oh, I love that. That's how it should be. It definitely, <laughs> definitely. So tell me about what is uh, one of your most favorite money quotes? My favorite money quote. So it's, it's kind of a funny one, but it's don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Mm, I like that. Oh, and I love I it. Like because that. It's so it really, it resonates with me so much because that's so often what we do. We mm-hmm. were constantly just chasing the dollar and we're trying to just make a living, but we let time just pass us by and we wake up, you know, 20 years later still not happy with our financial life, but realizing that we gave up some really good opportunities 
to go explore and travel or just spend time with family. And oh, that's that one always has impacted me. No, you're absolutely right. And I've heard that one. And it's a it's a powerful one. Because I know one thing that I stress with clients, or want to do my webinars and whatnot is just making sure that you don't get stuck in the rut of going to work or making money just to save to be saving or Yes. Uh, take uh, making sure that you pay off debt, but to have a purpose and a really specific purpose behind why you're doing that. So if you pay off that debt, what does that mean? Yes, exactly. the money's going to free, be freed up, but where is it going to go? So make it count so that way you can live the life that you want to live. So I really, really love that quote. It's beautiful. It's so true, though. <laughs> yes, yes. So what would you say? Obviously, you've. Uh, accomplished so much already. You're a millennial and I think millennials rock, even though I am not one. But <laughs> hey, the mirror tells me I still look young. So I'm going to say I am. I, I'd say so. I, I'd say you still count. <laughs> and I feel young. So therefore, I am young. <laughs> All that matters, really. So, uh, so what would you say you do well with money? The thing that I do well with money is I honestly, I'm really good at saving and delaying pleasure. Okay. That is not something that is inherent for me. I'm actually naturally a spender and I oh, love okay. spending money. I do. So it's very difficult for me to put that discipline and that practice into place where, you know, saving, I have to make it automatic. I have to automatically do it. So it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. Delaying pleasure. I, I do the 24 hour rule. Okay. So I was I just going to ask you, how, how do you work around that? Yeah, yeah, it's tough. So if I go to J. Crew and I go shopping, which is kind of I love clothes, that is the thing. If I see a cute shirt, I have to wait twenty four hours before I spend a certain amount of money on any clothing item or pretty much anything. I, I try to sleep on all my somewhat big financial decisions as well. Right, right. And that so, makes a difference. I'm sure. Yes, because sometimes that dies out in plus we live, you know, marketing is marketing and they do a heck of a job playing with your emotions. You know, they get to the nitty gritty of your uh, emotion and make, and uh, helping you make a financial decision or that decision totally. right away because you feel like you're going to miss out or whatever emotion they hit at whatever they said or whatever that you're seeing. So they're really, really great at that. So right. they're entirely too good at that. <laughs> yes, they are. But that's how it works, you know, yeah. and, and yes, as business, we, that we know that's how it works. <laughs> you're exactly right. So tell me a little bit about your systems. Like, do you use uh, to manage your mo uh, money? Do you use a spreadsheet? Do you use a software? Or are you more traditional as some pencil paper? What do you do? I am so traditional. It's not even funny. So <laughs> I'm definitely pull out my notebook, use a pencil, paper, calculator, old school style. Okay. I function really well with that. I've tried the spreadsheet stuff. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I mean, it's good. It's not bad. I like the auto calculations, but other than that, no, I just like to physically write everything down and do kind of a evolving budget for my own personal life. So I am okay. constantly looking at my budget and adjusting as I go. And, and how often do you, would you say you take a look and check in with your finances? Oh, goodness. Um, it, see, that's the beauty of the paper pencil part for me is mm -hmm. I can keep it directly in my planner. So I look at my budget pretty much every day. Gotcha. Every single day I remind myself. 
Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, because you don't see out of the people, all the people I talk to, the most common is either a spreadsheet or the software, not so much the pencil and just uh, yep. uh, paper. So that's awesome. I like that. Now, what would you say is your proudest money moment? I know you've had various of them with the paying off the debt, but tell tell us more. Do you have one in particular you haven't shared? My proud, yeah, it's kind of a cheesy one, but for me, it was a big deal. My proudest money moment was when I took my first vacation and it wasn't a large one. I think I spent $700 to go to Seattle for a weekend. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was such a proud moment because I didn't finance it. I didn't have it on a credit card. I just saved up and paid cash. And that was also the first time I was ever on a plane. Mm -hmm. So it was an extremely exciting moment for me. It's it's not cheesy because you did it on your own. It was meant something for you. So that that's great. That's great. Yeah. And you were able to, because um, a lot of people nowadays, they just think, let's just charge it on the credit card and yeah. we'll deal with it later. And you yeah. saved up for it and and you made it happen. Yeah, it was, it was a good trip too. I was, I was real young, but it was, that's always been one of my favorite vacations out of everything, which sounds weird, but <laughs> no, it doesn't. It Seattle what, trip. <laughs> you said Seattle. So what was your favorite part? And I haven't been to Seattle. Oh my gosh. You have to go. It's amazing. I mean, Starbucks, but you know, you gotta love Starbucks, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a coffee person. Oh, same. It's dangerous. <laughs> yes. But my favorite thing in Seattle, probably the market, Pike Place okay. Market. I've it's just so, so much, much about fun. it. Yeah. If you like people watching, you love it. Yeah, I, that's one place I've, I've been wanting to go, but just haven't made it out there yet. Yeah, it's pretty far away from me right now. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, I know at times we make purchases and we regret it. What would you say is your worst purchase? Ooh, worst this money is a spent? bad one. So I, of course, I've made a lot of really silly purchases, of course, but my worst one ever was when I was in high school, I bought my first ever car. Mm -hmm. This is before I was into all the money stuff. So I didn't really quite know what I was doing. But I, I bought this car. It was a 2000 Pontiac Sunfire convertible. And so I thought it was going to be the coolest thing ever. Bought the car and totally disregarded the fact that it had a weird noise. Uh -oh. It was knocking a little bit. But I, I didn't really think much about it. So I had financed the car too. And within one month, the motor blew. Oh, and so no. it was such a pain. And so I was, I, I was in high school at that time. Right. And that was such a valuable lesson to me. Of, you know, cars sometimes break down. And if you finance them, you might be paying on a broken car. And that right. sucks. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And who would you say influenced you the most in the area of money? Yeah, definitely. Definitely my mom, just because of the background, just seeing her figure it all out and pretty much start over in mm -hmm. life and actually start to become very successful herself. And that's seeing awesome. that transition was incredible. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So hope your mom is listening. <laughs> I sure hope I'll send her the link. <laughs> <laughs> she'll, she'll become teary-eyed hearing that. Oh. If she doesn't know already, that that's how you feel. But uh, yeah, she'll definitely become teary-eyed hearing that. So I know, Whitney, that you know this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because... Because it's the only thing that you have full control over. 
Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for that. So I really, really appreciate you being here, Whitney. And tell us just where is the best place for people to find you and learn more about you? Yeah, the the best place to connect with me is probably on WhitneyHanson.com. Okay. And it's (laughs) S-E-N. And then Instagram is kind of my my party. I I like to hang out on Instagram and meet people. Yes, I love Instagram. Oh, Oh, it's the best. And I'll be sure to uh, link those things in the show and the links, link the links in the <laughs> like show that. notes. Uh, so you can uh, click, go to the show notes and um, check Whitney out. So thank you so much again, Whitney. This has been fun and uh, getting to uh, learn more about you. I appreciate Thanks, you Sarah. joining us. Yeah, it's been fun getting to know you as well. You have an awesome podcast. So I hope people really listen to all of the episodes because they are incredible. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. So we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds great. Enjoy your day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Wasn't Whitney just something else? I love talking to millennials. And yes, they're younger than me, but I got to have to say, not much younger. We got to get that straight, at least to make me feel good for the moment. (laughs) But just love talking to millennials and just seeing the powerhouses that they are. Uh, So that is just such a great treat to see um, that they're in charge, uh, especially she's definitely in charge of her finances. She's on a mission to help other millennials. And I completely love that. So I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did when I chatted with her. Now, if you have not gotten your Jumpstart Your Money Mini Guide, be sure to text the word mini guide, just one word without the dash, to 33444. So that's two threes and three fours. Again, you just text the word mini guide to 33444. And if you are driving, of course, I don't need to tell you just to wait because We know the dangers of texting and driving, so please don't do that then. Or if you'd rather later on, just simply go to today's show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 17. You can do that as well. So that is a wrap for today. Again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in. Uh, And as I mentioned, you can check out the show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 17 as in episode 17, where you can just see a really brief summary, the links that we mentioned for you to check out and so forth. So thanks for listening and we'll talk again next Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast all about making your money management simple and practical. For being a VIP listener, I have a special free gift for you. It arises from a question I get most often, which comes down to feeling lost and having no idea where to start. That's why I created this Jumpstart Your Money mini guide to help busy women like you finally start with a clean slate and take the action you need with your budget without the overwhelm. You can find it at the end of each episode at jenhempill.com forward slash podcast.